You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. Half-truths and hot air indeed. That is what we cut through. And, you know, this June 30th, we're really approaching the midway mark of this year. And I think it's important to take stock. Over the last couple months, last couple weeks, what's been going on, cut to the root of our political problems and kind of tied into what we celebrate this upcoming weekend, July 4th, our independence, which in many ways is our, our greatest American holiday. You know, talking about these half-truths and lies, I wanted to frame this discussion as follows. The lack of moral cl- clarity is destroying our republic in every way. If, if you want to look at the source of our problems, why there is no counter to everything that's going on, It's because there is no black and white anymore. There is no moral clarity. Everything is relative. What do we celebrate on July 4th? And and we're going to have my annual manifesto. It's kind of become a tradition here at Conservative Review. I put out a July 4th manifesto. My last one inspired my upcoming book, Stolen Sovereignty. And by the way, it's shipping on Amazon. Right now, even though the release isn't until July 19th, so order it. Stolen Sovereignty had to stop unelected judges from transforming America. And it's not just about judges. A big part of it's about judges. But it's about really our entire body politic, especially the other unelected branch of government. Fundamental transformation. Lack of moral clarity. Moral relativism. At its core, what we celebrate this weekend is not just... The founding of a nation state and an independence day. Almost every country has some sort of independence day, especially in Western countries, uh, you know, different times of the year, and people have barbecues and celebrate it. The interesting thing here is July 4th is actually a celebration that is much bigger than just an independence day. The day we declared independence was really July 2nd. That was two days earlier when the Continental Congress um, made the official declaration, signed that proclamation. It was two days later on July 4th that the Committee of Five that was tasked with drafting the declaration, the document, um, if I can remember often, I think it consisted of John Adams, uh, Franklin, Roger Sherman, Robert Livingston, and of course Thomas Jefferson, the primary author, although the other four members did modify his original draft. We celebrate that document. That document is about a lot more than just independence. You know, as as Calvin Coolidge said during his 150th anniversary of the Declaration, it was not because it was proposed to establish a new nation, but because it was proposed to establish a nation on new principles that July 4th, 1776, has has come to be regarded as one of the greatest days in history. It was a great day 
because they established not just established a new a new system of governance, but established a system of governance upon self-evident truths of inalienable rights under natural law given to us by nature's God. In those 201 words of the preamble, you know, because the remainder is, a, a, you know, to a large degree an indictment against King George that kind of spoke to the times they lived in. But those 201 words spoke for all eternity as to the self-evident truths of fundamental rights, life, liberty, property, popular sovereignty, the right, you know, of governance by the consent of the govern- governance, that we are truly created equal in the respect of unalienable rights, not equal opportunities or equal privileges um, and equal talents, as the liberals uh, like to um, bastardize that that sentence of the declaration. It was the basic social compact that creates government. That's what our country was founded upon, black and white. You have property rights. You have the right to self-defense. You have the right to do what you want with your private business. Um, and there's natural law. We live in an era where there is no self-evident truth. Nothing. There is not a single thing that is black and white anymore. I mean, it is, but regarded to be black and white in our political class. I mean, what is more immutable, um, unalterable than sexuality? A man is a freaking man. A woman is a woman. A marriage is a marriage. Right is is right. Wrong is wrong. Good and evil. The Islamic terrorists are evil. Everything is gray. I I was struck by you know watching this hearing throughout the week that I was reporting on Senate Judiciary Subcommittee head headed by Ted Cruz, um, exploring the government cover up of Islamic terror and expunging all the documents that actually connected domestic Muslim Brotherhood terrorists to international global Islamic terror networks. And I'm watching one Democrat after another, one Democrat allied panelist on the Committee of Witnesses, literally say there's no such, not just you know a problem in Islam, but there's no such thing as radical Islam. They said, we don't see any difference between what's going on in Islam and anything going on in the West, any other religion, any other ideology, there's right-wing extremists, there's environmentalist extremists, there's, there's everything. And I'm sitting and scratching my head on it. you got to be kidding me. Um, people point to a man with a penis and say that's a woman and, and, and just blissfully refer to that individual as a she. And I'm scratching my head and thinking, what is going on here? Anyone who has read my vertical here at Conservative Review, The Conservative Conscience, over the past even couple of weeks, certainly past couple of months, certainly just you know this first half of the year, we've reached the mid-year mark of 2016, you'll be struck by the number of outrages, emergencies in our court system, in our body politic, in our states, our national security, what Obama's doing to the military, the number of things that I like to call kind of put in the category of how could we let them stand for a single day and not have a united, righteous, visceral response. And yet yet not a single issue is being pursued by the opposition party, the Republican Party. What's amazing is the Democrats have amazing immoral clarity. It's perfect. They are actually very black and white. 
they're black and white, that white is black and black is white. That good is evil and evil is good. They will sit there and pound the lectern. They will pound the podium in, in the Congress demanding, how dare you not bring in more Islamic immigrants and destroy our country? How dare you, you know, discriminate and not allow men into female bathrooms? How dare you not call a marriage not a marriage? How dare you not force individuals with their private property to service things against their um, religious conscience? Things that are the antithesis of natural rights in the most literal, literal sense. Um, you know, natural law. There are certain things that are natural law, but the, but the Democrats, it's not just that they're kind of you know, wishy-washy, maybe natural law doesn't exist. Maybe a man's not a man. They're 100% certain, and they're willing to fight for it. You know, we just had a terror attack. And amazingly, they were able to focus the national attention on guns, on the, on the object, and they sat down on the House floor, by, by the way, violating um, house, house rules, but, you know, they could do whatever they want, demanding... Again, speaking to the morality, you look at the Democrats and they, they, they speak to the morality of their views, which are immoral, but, but they have that clarity. When's the last time you found a Republican, maybe aside for Ted Cruz on some issues, um, you know, and obviously he's stretched thin. There's a limit to what one individual could do when he has no support from anyone else, and Democrats are setting 100 cultural forest fires at once. But when was the last time you've seen a Republican speak with moral clarity about morality the same way the Democrats speak with moral clarity about immorality, about unnatural law and unnatural rights, so-called concocted man-made rights that – are the antithesis of the God-given inalienable natural rights that we celebrate in this document on July 4th. You don't see it. You don't even see it in the conservative movement. I'll be honest with you. I'm getting tired here. I, I have such a difficult time getting just people on the outside righteous on, on a handful of issues. You know, people are taken aback when I was one of the, the only person to write uh, an article with a title Drafting women, forcibly coercing women to serve in the armed forces is is immoral. Oh, Daniel, immoral, immoral. Yes, at some point we need to you know draw a line line in the sand. You know, there are certain things you could disagree about. You know, flat tax or fair tax. What's the you know best, most constitutional, most efficient, um, fairest source of taxation? Um, you know, you could disagree about some of the intricacies of trade policy. But when it comes to the civil society, family, gender, pri- the, the civil right for, for a woman to have privacy, the, 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 the right to self-defense, the notion that men should defend the nation. I mean, you could disagree over, you know, exactly, you know, what point women who want to volunteer should be integrated to certain areas, certainly not, um, you know, direct ground infantry units, but, um, but to coerce all women, you know, some women just, and again, you know, certainly not to take away from those that do serve in the armed forces, but some women, they, they, they don't want to do that. That should be their, their right. Yet we're hanging by a thread with this national defense authorization act that has the draft for women. And believe me, we will have a draft one day. It's not just this elective service process. We will have that one day because given what's going on in the world, that we should draft women? You have Obama right now, as we speak, pushing transgenders in the, in the military. I mean, aside from the illogical illness, immorality, absurdity, 
dangerous nature of it. We're in the middle of wars. Our guys are putting in, being placed in meat grinders, in, in hell holes with terrible rules of, rules of engagement. You know, you understand the logistical nightmare of transgenderism in the military? And Congress won't step in. They have the, they have right now, they have three vehicles, legislative vehicles that could block this. Intelligence Authorization Act, Defense Authorization Act, Act and Defense Appropriations Bill. I can't get a single member to get righteous on a single one of these issues. The rules of engagement. Again, that's another thing. The morality of a just war. If you believe in the morality of your cause, which presumably you do by virtue of sending your guys over there, their lives come first. They have family. They have wives. They, they have, they have uh, children. To, to put them in danger needlessly and then say you can't protect yourself? Get them killed for nothing? And by the way, I promise you guys, five weeks from now, August 6th, with the upcoming anniversary of the Extortion 17 shootdown, when 30 special ops were killed in that helicopter shootdown, 17 members of Navy of, of SEAL Team 6, um, there's a lot of funny stuff that went on there, and, and we're, we're going to try to explore that. I know it's been five years, but you know, again, no one in Congress wants to explore that. No one in Congress wants to explore anything. I understand we might not have the resource to fight all hundred or so battles that the left is waging on us. Pick ten. Pick five. There should be an ad hoc committee for each one of these things. Everyone who has their specialty, their committee of jurisdiction, should be putting out reports, hauling these officials before Congress, like Ted Cruz wanted to do but didn't have support from leadership. Just because you don't have the votes in the Senate or the president has the veto power... It doesn't mean you don't speak to the, mor- the immorality of what's going on. But therein lies the problem. Even among Republicans, even a, among a big part of the professional conservative movement, that genuinely doesn't like what's going on. There's some diffidence. There's some lack of confidence, lack of clarity in their views. And, and some of it is because it wears people out when, when you have the most radical 2% of just licentiousness and insanity that happens to control all of media, academia, uh, the political shops, um, the the foundations, and now the business world, it takes a toll on people. I mean, they see it everywhere. LBGT, BGT, BGT, BGTQ, BGTQFU, you know, and all the, you know, acronyms that and they just blissfully, blith, blithely, um, you know, use illogical terms and people think it's normal. No, 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 transgender, a transgender community, the transgender rights. And, you know, even our guys start soaking it up. They're not happy about it, um, but but they, they don't categorically oppose it. You know, you start, well, can you please give us maybe some sort of religious liberty exemption if we document in writing that we're a religious institution? What? I mean, this is how we've come to a point. Because there is no moral clarity on the issues that there is pure natural law by nature's God, Self-evident truths in life. Even on those issues, we don't have that moral clarity. Even on the, you know, conservative side of things, I don't even know what it means to be conservative anymore. I can't find any, um, you know, who will who will who will have that clarity. Even those people, they they agree to forty to seventy percent of the premise of the most odious, illogical, immoral policies of the left. And you know, once you agree to the premise, you lost. I'm not kidding here. We could get to the point where tomorrow Democrats could pass a law 
um, empowering HHS inspectors to go house to house and demand that at least one member of each household get a sex change operation. You know, in order to have some more diversity so the transgender community doesn't feel um, lonely, you know, to, to bolster their numbers. And, uh, you know, they'll come around with a scalpel and some anesthesia and uh, let, let, let's get chopping here. I can picture conservatives starting off saying, you know, we need a religious uh, liberty exemption for those who have religious obje- objections to it. And then even then, the mainstream Republican Party wouldn't even want to bring that legislation uh, to the floor or, or, you know, or fight on those grounds. This is where we are. This is what we've spoken about so much, so often, the ratchet theory. How the Democrats set the landscape. They win 50-year culture battles overnight without firing, firing a shot. And that serves as the baseline from which you can only move further into whether it's a fiscal issue, government growth, whether it's a liberty issue, more tyranny and despotism, whether it's a cultural issue, more cultural Marxism and immorality and de-civilization, de-devolution of our society. It's the ratchet that can only move in one direction. It never gets pushed back. It only goes forward. It's been slow, a slow ratchet for the last number of decades. But right now, we've come to the point when, the, when, when there is no, there's not a single self-evident truth for which even conservatives will stand for with an appropriate response, with a commensurate response. And the result is, ratchet, ratchet up. I hope that sound came out good on the, over the mic here. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's breakneck speed. And it's almost paradoxical because Obama's getting away with what he's doing. And I don't want to just limit this to Obama. It's an entire movement. I mean, he'll be gone in seven months. But his entire party, the entire movement that supports it, you know, they are – I don't know what to say. I mean, again, I just look at now flooding the country with hundreds of thousands of Islamic immigrants at a time when they are going through the most violent period of their of their uh, existence and, and mixed with modern communications and transportation is just a deadly combo and and they're they're getting away with it they're getting away with transgenderism mandating it on private property on the military they're they're butchering our special op- operators overseas and I can't get a single member to to have a righteous fight over this so what i'm saying is it's almost because obama is just blitzing the zone with so many things that are so egregious part of the problem is people don't even want to believe it because it's so obama's uh you know we always say someone's a victim of their own success so he's succeeding from his own outrage, because it's so outrageous, people can't believe that he's actually doing it, so that they don't believe it, and therefore don't do anything to stop it. No one would believe, as you know, Phil Haney was on our podcast and he testified with you know before Ted Cruz's subcommittee, how you literally have Muslim Brotherhood individuals running our counterterrorism operations and deleting all research that would have netted the San Bernardino terrorists and many of these others, the Fort Hood terrorists and you know Chattanooga terrorists, so on and so forth. This is where we are, folks. What we're doing is not working. 
And again, this cuts beyond the entire discussion of Donald Trump. You want to vote for him, vote for him. Don't vote for him, don't vote for him. It's not going to change anything. I mean, you talk about self-evident truths and self-evident rights. Um, you, know, you have the courts that, you know, religious liberty is the most foundational value of our um, our existence, over the foundation of our country, the founding of our nation. Sam Adams, speaking before the Philadelphia Assembly, Philadelphia House on August 1st, 1776, just three weeks or so after he signed the declaration himself, which spoke to these self-evident truths on alienable rights given by, by God, he said that our contest here is whether we will remain the last asylum for civil and religious liberty. <laughs> That's how he framed the the you know the upcoming decade long battle for independence that they were going about to embark upon after they took that risk of signing that declaration. It was all about religious liberty, and yet we have the courts, unelected branch, engaging in social transformation without representation going ahead and enshrining the most antithetical values to our founding values into fundamental rights and reading out the fundamental rights from the preamble of the Declaration and the Constitution. And yet Donald Trump actually goes and says, you know what, when you have issues with the LGBTQFUCXYZ community um, forcing individuals against, you know, to service things against their religious conscience, well, we'll let the courts settle that. <laughs> I, I guess we'll let the foxes uh, decide the fate of the chickens in the hen house. Right? This is the guy who is supposedly the savior in the eyes of many um, conservatives in this country. I mean, this is how bad things are. I don't do this to dispirit you. I, I, I think there is a great awakening, reawakening taking place in this country. I think we do have an opportunity because because the Democrats are going so fast with their ratchet, they're they're ratcheting up so quickly, you know, many people are no longer frogs in the boiling hot water. That's that's a slow cook. It's it's pretty quick now, and enough people realize it. But the problem is we don't have a political vehicle to to reap that windfall of people wait, waking up to what's going on. And, you know, I encourage you all to kind of, you know, this is going to be a long piece, probably about 2,500 words, my my yearly July 4th manifesto. And obviously it's it's uh, discussed at great length. Please do me a favor. I'm not I'm not looking to sell books here. I, As you well know, I don't do this for money. I didn't write this for money. I don't expect to make too much money from it. Um, I really want the message to go out. Order the book online, Stolen Sovereignty. Um it's not just a lamentation of the destruction of our republic, but I really go through, I, I believe, about seven, eight solutions on a systemic level that, that really are achievable. And if we, you know, immigration policies, religious liberty, um, judicial reform, stripping the courts of their power, returning that to Congress, you know, and then, and then the long-term projects that Mark Levin has discussed, and he discusses almost every week on Levin TV, sign up for his subscription, levintv.com to watch his show. Beautiful episodes this past week, by the way. Um, he discusses Article 5 conventions. We need to think out of the box. And, and, and you know, look, please tweet me at rmconservative. Let me know what your ideas are. You know, I'm just one person. I'm trying my best to think of what we could do. The, the you know, small sphere of influence I have, the people I talk to, the members of Congress that are still willing to listen to me. Um, 
you know, j- just to try to raise awareness to what is going on and what we can be doing, what we can be doing different. We don't have to take this. We don't have to get sucked into this moral relativism. We could draw a line in the sand and just say no. No mas. Draw the line in the sand at, 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 at a man being a woman and a woman being a man. Illegal being illegal and legal being illegal. A fundamental right being a crime and a crime being a fundamental right. <laughs> I mean, at some point, we got to speak to the morality, just like the Democrats do. If the Democrats are willing to speak to the morality of their immorality, how much more so it should be so easy for our people to speak to the morality of the self-evident truths of unalienable rights that were expressed and first declared and a nation was founded upon them 240 years ago. And this is what we celebrate. So, you know, as you go into the weekend, you know, family time is important. After all, the destruction of the family is kind of the impetus for the destruction of our body politic and our culture. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to time with my family. I, in all candor, I, I, I don't spend enough time with them. Um, I'm too busy getting emotionally wrapped up in this and fighting for this and trying to think maybe I can do one other thing to raise awareness to help our troops to help our conservative states that that are you know still fighting for liberty, um, some conservative members that are fighting for good causes. You know, I, I think maybe maybe there's one or two more things I can do, and that's why I don't I, I don't spend enough time, and I really should. So I'm looking forward to that family time. But also think in the coming days, what could you do in your community in your state legislature in your state on a systemic level what talents do you have um you know god has given all of us talents we we you know many of us know our faults we're we're good at pointing that out but we all have unique talents that god has given us and you know when god gives you a talent it's almost like a commandment he is commanding you to use it to use it for the good to go out and do something folks if you could write Right. If you could expose stuff that's going on, expose it. If you could run for office, run for office. If you could speak, start a radio show. Again, contact me at Arm Conservative with your ideas. Let's think out of the box. Let's think beyond just the next election. Let's think back 240 years, not just to our Constitution, but our, our, our most sacred document, the Declaration the most fundamental self-evident truths. Let's restore truth and clarity and morality and intellectual honesty into this world, into our country. Let's start here. Let's start now. Folks, have a happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. I hope you all enjoyed this show. Looking forward to a little break. We're going to come back, battle-rested, ready to fight the next endeavor. God bless. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience. <laughs>